excited to be jumping into the second week of our Grow Sermon Series. If you were here last week, can you holler at your boy? Can you just wave at me one time? Amen. Our, our lead pastor, Pastor Gabby, my father, he actually led that sermon. Um, and today, across all of our campuses, we're diving into week two of our Grow Sermon Series. Uh, if you're a guest in here, if it's your first time, we want to just let you know, first and foremost, we do this for you. Um, this whole thing, all the setup, is it, so that people will come and meet Jesus, amen? That people will come and experience the very real presence of God. What you're feeling in the room is not a vibe. Come on, somebody, although it's a little vibey. It's not uh, a, a culture, although we set culture. Uh, what you're experiencing isn't good feelings, although we got some of those in here. Anybody feel good in here? What you're experiencing that's different is the very real presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. And he's tugging on your heart. He's speaking to you. For those of you returning, this is your home. This is your church. Welcome back. We love you so much. You made it. I, I don't know, like, do you feel the hour that you lose? I kind of felt it. Anybody feel the hour that we lost? Amen. But you made it here to the 1115 a.m. service. So thank you for coming. I'm excited because I'm just going to go right into the word. I'm excited for this sermon series. It's titled Grow. Do you guys like that video? Every time I watch it, I get the goosies, right? I just get a, the goosebumps. I love it so much. Shout out to the creative team. I love this sermon series because it's, it's literally what we're trying to go. We're, we're all this year. I mean, I don't know what your New Year's resolution looked like, but we're all this year. We're trying to grow in some way, some, some shape or some form. I believe that the, the foundation of this series is this. This is going to be your best year if it's your best year spiritually. This is going to be your best year if this is the year that you jump into all that God has for you. And today, we're going to grow. Every week, we're going to grow in something. G-R-O-W stands for different things. And the G for today, the title of the sermon today, um, you can write it at the top of your notes. Is anybody taking notes this morning? We love taking notes in church. It's just so easy to remember when it's written down, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm going to encourage you to take notes. The title of today's sermon, week two of Grow, is this. We're going to grow in God. Grow in God. Every week we're going to grow in something. But today the idea is it's very simple, to grow in God. Now, I don't know about you, the simplest things can be the most complex sometimes. Like grow in God, what does that even mean? To grow in God. Like, do I have like a spiritual person that's getting buffer every time I worship? Is my spiritual being just much stronger after I do some certain things? And we believe that today we're going to try to wrap up this idea of how to grow. I want to let you know, first and foremost, the church is always growing. If not numerically, spiritually, we're always getting better. Here's a quote I preached Tuesday at a young adult service. And it's something we've been saying for the past four years. I really believe it. By the way, if you've been here for all four years of our church's existence, you probably are getting used to us saying the same things. And you're wondering, when are we going to stop saying the same things? We'll stop saying the same things when people stop coming to church. <laughs> but if we're always going to have guests in here, people who are young in the Lord, we're always going to teach the foundation, the basics. Any, any Christians in here, I just want to know if you're in here. We're always going to bring you back to home base Keep it simple and preach Jesus, all right? That's, our, that's what we're going to do. And I believe Jesus is good enough, right? Is, he's good, is he good enough for you? Here's a phrase we say all the time. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. That's, that's what growth is all about, right? It's, I'm not there yet, but I'm still not where I was. 
And I believe the devil, the enemy of your soul, what he wants you to do is to come to church. It's to play church. Some of us in here, sometimes you and I, all we know is fake church. We put a mask on, and once we leave, we take the mask off. But I hope this church is inspiring you to be the most true and honest person you can ever be and say, listen, yes, I'm not where I want to be. I don't got it all together, but I'm definitely not who I used to be. I really believe you get better every week. That's what the presence of God does. You can come in here with the biggest burdens and leave burden free. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. I believe, see, grow in God, what does that mean? Today we want you to grow in your relationship with God. All the pastors of this church, you know, we have one goal for your life. And that is that you radically just have a life-giving relationship with Jesus. Yeah, we want you to tithe so that you can, you can open up your, fina- your finances to a spiritual blessing. Yeah, we want you to sign up for events so that you create space for God to give you an encounter that will change your life. Yeah, we want you to bring your kids because we don't want the home to be, you know, uh, you know just dysfunctional. We want everyone in the family to have a relationship. Yeah, we want that. We want a bunch of, of things from you. But honestly, what we want the most is that you have a life-giving relationship with Jesus. Because out of that, everything will happen. Everything will stem. Everything will flow. The, 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 the kind of foundation of, of what we're doing today is wrapped around these verses. Uh, these verses are found in Colossians uh, chapter 1, verses 9 through 10. That's in your New Testament. You can go ahead and pull it up in your Bibles. You can put it up in your apps. Or you can look at the screen if you didn't bring a Bible this morning. It says in Colossians, it's kind of like the, 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 the sphere of what we're in today. It says, we continually ask God. These are the spiritual leaders uh, 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 of Colossians, right? These are the sp- spiritual leaders of the church. And what they're asking God, what, what are they asking God to do? To, to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. I could park right there, say amen, and y'all can go home. Because that's good word. I don't know about you. That's some good word right there. We could just be out. All right, we're done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I got 15 more minutes. But hey. That's what we want to do. It's like, I want you to be filled with the knowledge of his will, what he wants to do in your life, what he wants to do in your finances, your relationships, your job, everything about you, everything that consumes who you are. We're asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that who gives? The Holy Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Here's the goal. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. And I I underlined the last part because that's what the church is all about. Growing in the knowledge of God. As you grow in the knowledge of God, your circumstance and your perspective will change. You see, sometimes God wants, we want God to change everything around us. But what God sometimes wants to do is change your perspective so that you can see things differently in, of everything around you. You can look at a curse and say, oh, because I have a heavenly perspective, this curse is actually a blessing. This shortcoming is actually room for God's grace. That's why we got to stay engulfed in the knowledge of God's word through the Holy Spirit. Growing in the knowledge of God. That's growing in the knowledge of what he wants to do. First of all, that's growing in the knowledge of who he is. The Spirit empowers us to grow in knowledge of who our God is. How can we be the hands and feet of Jesus if we do not know how they work? If we don't know what all this Holy Spirit is for? 
is to empower us to step on sin and to be righteous and to be Jesus and light everywhere we go. But how can we represent a Christ that we do not know? How can we walk out into the streets and walk out into the marketplace and walk out into our lives and try to mimic an image that we're not aware of? So we grow in the knowledge of God so that we can know who he is, so that we can be who he is. Another reason why we grow in the knowledge of God is to know where is he moving? Where is God going? So many Christians say that's not God when that's exactly what God wants to do. So many Christians feel like they're trapped and like, I can't move forward, but that's exactly where God wants you so he can get glory out of this. Someone writes in the Bible, this is an amazing verse, God sets the table in the presence of my enemies. You and I, we, we stay away from enemies, but God sets a table that he may be glorified and magnified through that situation. We got to grow in the knowledge of God because we got to know where he is and where he's going. Not only do we learn those things when we grow in the knowledge of God through the Holy Spirit, we also learn who we are. Your design is directly connected to your destiny. How are you designed? Some of you guys are really good at administration. Like, that's your skill. Flow charts and logistics meetings. And I already have a headache. So wouldn't it be best to put you in a place that best serves your gifts? But sometimes we don't know who we are, but when we look into the word of God, when we look into the knowledge of God, when we, when we get into the knowledge of God, we know who we are. Th that way we know how we can function. That way we can know, hey, my design is directly connected to my destiny. You see, today in culture, everyone just goes off what they feel. I feel this way. I feel that way, therefore I'm that. That is a lie from the enemy. You're not what you feel. You're who God called you and created you to be. You're not who you feel. Because tomorrow you're going to feel a different way. <laughs> but God had a design. He had an intention. He formed you in your mother's womb. He thought of you before. You were, in, you were a thought before the earth was even created. And so many people wake up one day and say, I'm not that. Yes, you are. I'm not. That's what the enemy wants to do. I'm not a Christian. You I'm not really saved. That's a lie from the enemy. You're a son and a child of a king who sits on his throne and calls you to know who he is. So how do we grow in God? Thank you for asking that question. Number one, I got three points today. Number one, how do we grow in God? Listen, we grow in God's word. And if, you are, if you've been Christian longer than three minutes, you're going to shout amen on three. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> we need the word. It says in Psalms, the Bible is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I can't take a step without a lamp. I can't, if, if I'm in darkness, how do I know where to go? How do I know how to take a step? The Bible is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. We grow in God's word. It's in his words. You see, this Bible was written by a man physically, but the ghost writer, right, through the help and the power of the Holy Spirit, this book was written. So, yeah, it was penned by man, but it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. God, it amazes me that God still uses humans to make a difference in the world. So, so let's just break this down to the most simplest form. We grow in God's word so we know who God is. I don't, I don't know if you've been dating recently or if you're married for X amount of years. I don't know if you can go back to when you actually started liking each other. But remember when you first started 
you know, getting the googly eyes, you know, for that special someone. You know, this is, this is so awesome. I love doing this, like random church polls. How many of you guys met your spouse in church? Wave, wave your hand. Cool. I, I met my wife at school in, in, in church kind of half-half. It's pretty awesome. When you look back at your life and, and you say, man, those conversations in the beginning were, were super special. Why were they so special? Because that's the moment you actually get to know somebody. Remember when you started talking to someone you fell in love with? First couple questions you asked, all right, all right. So what's your favorite color? Magenta. Oh, true. What's your favorite color? Sky blue. True. <laughs> you know, you remember, why do you, not, why, do you, why do you and I ask questions when we're trying to get to know someone? Because by their words, we know who they are. By their words, we know who they are. And God didn't leave you just the Holy Spirit. He left you a book of who he is. You can find Jesus in every book in the Bible. You know that? You can find him. He's there. God's love letter to you and, and what God wants to do in your life. Here's a good question. I'm so glad you guys are asking so many questions today. Here's a good question. How often should I read the Bible? Oh, man, that's a great question. Here's my answer. It's not going to be super spiritual. The majority of your days should be in the Word. Can I give you a real poll? They polled Christians. I love when, like, Christian polls. Aren't they the best? They asked 20,000 Christians, how often do you read the Bible, and what problems and issues are you experiencing in your faith walk? Those that showed up high in depression, suicidal thoughts, those who showed up high in, in sins that, and struggles they can't get over, those who showed high in, in, in just inability to preach the gospel, those who showed high in, in just not sharing their faith with their friends, read the Bible one time a week or two times a week. And watch this, even three times a week, all those areas were skyrocketing. But once the poll showed those who read the word four times a week, all those things dropped exponentially. What's the difference between three and four? I'm so glad you asked. When you get to four days out of your week in the word, that's the majority of your week. Am I preaching to anybody in the room today? The majority of your week in the word shows you actually overcoming some struggles in your life. Actually putting down depression, putting down the bottle, putting down the drugs, walking with more peace, walking with more love, more courage to speak the gospel because you know the gospel. More courage to be Jesus because you know who Jesus is. If we're going to grow in God, we got to read the Bible, church. We got to grow in the knowledge. It says in John chapter 5, verse 39, study the scriptures diligently. He who has ears, let him hear. Diligently, because in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Those are the words of Jesus. If you ever learned the prayer that is so famous in the Bible, don't miss out on the part where Jesus says to his disciples, this is how you pray. Give us this day our daily bread. That's a reference to God's people in the wilderness who tried to run off yesterday's bread. They actually 
tried storing up the bread that God provided them in the wilderness. God is like, hey, I got you, church. I got you, church. I got you, church. And they're like, but we don't know if you got us tomorrow. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the bread from today and store it for tomorrow. The issue was the next day that bread turned to worms. God's bread turned to worms? What's wrong with you? You trying to poison us? We're just trying to store bread for tomorrow. We're just trying to take today's bread and just push it towards tomorrow because we don't know really if you'll give us tomorrow. Why would you allow today's bread to not mean anything to me tomorrow? Because God's like, listen, you got to ask for daily bread. I got you every single day. If I did it yesterday, I'll do it again. If I did it two days ago, I'll do it again. Give us this day our daily bread. Church, you and I need to be in the word daily. Daily. There's a preacher in the back over there helping me out right now. Here's another question. I love questions. What does the word produce? So, so what's the point of reading the word? I'm glad you asked. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 to 7 says this. So then... Just as you receive Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. So you don't just receive Jesus, you continue in Jesus. To live your lives in him. Rooted. Ooh, shout out to this sermon. Rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Listen, the word of God will point you in the right direction. That's what it's going to produce. Direction, vision, it's going to bring you stillness when you need it. And here's the thing. When you try something without doing it right, doesn't it just mess up the next time you do it? Like, I remember the first time I had sushi, I didn't have any sauce with it. Exactly. Doing it wrong, dog. You're doing it wrong. At least with some soy. But what you really need is that spicy mayo, you know what I'm saying? Don't forget the spicy mayo. Tighten up, bro. Don't tell me you don't like sushi when you're doing it wrong. And so many Christians walk away from the faith because things aren't happening when you're doing it wrong. Oh, I tried that church before. I tried small groups before. I tried it. Try it again. But do it in an honest way, in an open way. Say, God, do whatever you want in my Oh, I wish I had a church in here at 11.15 in the morning. I'm sorry I'm screaming. I'm Pentecostal. We're charismatics. <laughs> so I was like, girl, I knew you should have brought me to this. This church crazy. I knew it. The word of God will point you in the right direction. Do it right. The word of, the God, the word of God will teach you. It will rebuke you. It will correct you. It'll train you, and it'll make every effort to direct you in your life. You know, Jesus, when he shows up, think about it. All of heaven, the leadership of heaven shows up as a baby in Jesus and lives a perfect, sinless life through a virgin, miracle on miracles. He shows up, he walks the earth, he talks to people, he starts his ministry at 30, he's baptized. Jesus got baptized, you need to get baptized. And Jesus actually starts talking to people about his father. And you know what's the number one question Jesus has 
to people in his life? You want us to, the most asked question from Jesus to people. You know what, what his most asked question was? was? I, I'm going to put it up. Have you read? So all of heaven shows up in a body, Jesus, and it's going to people like, yo, haven't you read the scriptures? So many times he asks people. Come on, if you read the first four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you know Jesus. Have you, have you read? Da, 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 da. Have you read? Da, da, da. Have you read? Jesus is assuming that you're reading, church. <laughs> it's his only word. He don't got three of these. It's just one. Have you read? Have you read? Why? Because if you read, if you read, if you read, what you read will define your life. What does the word produce? Everything you need it to. Can I encourage somebody? There's no new sins out there. There's no new sin. There's no new form of sin. It's all in here. If it's not direct, you pull away principle. Can I teach theology in the room tonight? Because some of us are looking in the Bible for thou shalt not pop molly. We're looking in the Bible for thou shalt not blank, thou shalt not blank. We don't only pull away instruction from the Bible, we pull away principle. We pull away principle. I came to encourage you. Listen, the Bible was written to you. Every book in this Bible has a target audience. The Bible was written for you so that in 2020, you'd open it up and the spirit, the ghostwriter that's in the word and it's in you. And it reveal what he's trying to do in your life. I don't read the Bible. The Bible reads me. Showing me what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to live, how I'm supposed to talk, how I'm supposed to love. How do we grow in God? We grow in God's word. Secondly, we grow vertically. We don't just grow in God's word. Us here at the church, we grow vertically. It's not a coincidence. This series, this series is called Grow, and, and, and plants grow how? Vertically. Vertically. Oh, the Holy Spirit's in this room. He's showing you. It's time to grow up. <laughs> up. <laughs> grow. How many times you tell kids, hey, grow up? Grow. We grow vertically here. I, I, I remember my, my, my old community, they had renovations and they decided to redo all the trees. They had a bunch of baby trees that were literally just planted all along the road. But what they decided to do to make sure that the trees grew vertically because listen you can have the right this is for somebody you can have the right water the right sunlight the right soil and still grow crooked so what they what they began to do was they put alongside the tree some planks of wood and they actually tied them together to make sure that the tree would only grow up and so many christians say I don't need nobody. I just need Jesus. When you go into the word and you read words like sharp, iron sharpens iron, iron, me sharpens iron, you. We sharpen each other. The greatest people in the church is not the pastor. It's the person next to you because when you come alongside each other, you'll grow up. You'll be open. Our goal for you is that you end up on a volunteer team or in a hope group. Because we need discipleship. We need people alongside us every week to help us grow 
grow vertically. Somebody say my next idea out loud. Planted and rooted. One, two, three. Some of you guys went a little early. I'll give you a second chance. <laughs> Planted and rooted. One, two, three. Planted and rooted. I promise you, there's so much you'll get over if you just get under. Like we love seeing the tree, right? We love seeing, oh, wow, that's a man of God. Oh, wow, that's a woman of God. See, Austin Powers, Faja. If you know what that movie is, don't watch it. It'll mess your life up. Don't watch it. <laughs> we love seeing the trees, but you forget that there are roots underground. That thing is cooking down there. How? Through a storm, does a tree stay standing? If it's 20 feet, 30 feet high, those roots go down deep, baby. They go down deep. I remember I was, I was in a parking lot yesterday, and the Holy Spirit smacked me in the face. You ever get slapped in the face by the Holy Spirit? Not literally, like spiritually. It's like, oh, you're speaking right now through this water bottle right here. I don't know what's going on, but this water bottle is speaking to me. I'll be watching Avengers. I'll be like, God, you are speaking to me. right. One snap from my heavenly father. <laughs> I, was, I was in a parking lot, and I remember parking, like, like near a certain area, and I didn't like the spot because my car was kind of like this. I'm like, what the heck's wrong with the concrete? Did they make it wrong? Did, did, they not, did they not do their job right? No, no, no. The concrete was fine. It was laid down correctly. The issue is... They put the concrete right next to a tree. Fools. Because the roots began to grow. And little by little, even concrete will begin to break. Because, oh, I came to preach. You got things in your life that you see impossible. You see it too strong. But if you just got rooted in the things of the Lord and in the church, you'll break out and you'll break free as a testimony. Do I got any roots in the house this morning at New Birth Church? The hardest of concrete can break. How deep are you in the Lord? How deep are you in the world? Are you rooted? Man, if you're planted long enough, you'll break things around you. If you're rooted in the church, I'm a church kid. If you're a church kid, listen, we're all crazy, I know. We've seen some things. Some crazy things. If you grew up Pentecostal, I'm pray- we're going to have a Pentecostal prayer group outside, outside after this. Just going to pray for each other. Bring out the snakes. Just kidding. No snakes here. Well, some of you grew up with them, right? I mean, it's like you've been in church long enough. You see a lot of stuff. But one thing you do know, you see the power of a very real God. In the church long enough. In the church long enough to see God do miracles in other people. And the faith in them will rub off on you. And you'll have a breakthrough in the same area. That's the power of a testimony. Remember testimony time in church? Who got a testimony? Come on up, sister. I was praying and praying and praying and praying, and God gave me a man. Woo, everybody goes crazy. But here's the truth. The anointing flows in the testimony to all those who hear. The anointing flows in the testimony to all those who hear. And the faith in that sister cannot become my faith. Stay in church long enough. 
you know what's our biggest goal? All, all, all of our leaders will tell you. Our biggest goal is that you come back next week at 11.15. You come back next week. Yeah, you're not saved yet probably, or you're not baptized probably, or you're not giving, you're not living generously probably. I don't know. See, there's a power when the American church understands the spirit of generosity to change the world. Maybe you don't know those things. Maybe those things aren't happening, but come back next week and watch God do something eventually. Oh, I gave God two weeks. It didn't work out. Oh, I gave God a month. It didn't work out. We give Netflix series sometimes longer time than we do Jesus Christ. Give a year, give, give a year to God. If he's real, you won't regret it. If he's actually Lord, I mean, you won't, you'll walk away happy. Give him a year of your life. Watch what will happen. Show up to everything. Sign up for everything. I pro- God will do something amazing in your life. Scripture says, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. How do we grow in God? Man, we have some steps, some like literal steps. And every time you leave, there's a table to your left. It's our connection table. You can sign up for all these steps I'm going to give you. Some steps. I'm going to give you some steps here at our church, what it looks like to get planted and rooted. Number one is to join Next Steps and become a member of the church. Every third Saturday of the month, we're at the Hope Center with free breakfast. Hello. If it's for free, it's for me. Free breakfast. We understand. You take two tests, you can't fail. Your personality test and a spiritual gifts assessment. You can't fail them. It's who you are. It's how you're designed. A series of questions gives us an idea of the spiritual gifts you have. Not only would you join Next Steps, but, man, our hope is that you get baptized in here in this room. Say, man, my makeup, is, it would just go crazy if I dip myself in that water for two seconds. Man, Jesus died on a bloody, shameless, naked cross for you, and he asks that you just dip in some water as a public declaration that something's happening inside of you. Another way of connecting in our church is joining a hope group and being a part of a group. Man, I think they, did they show the pictures yet of hope groups? Can we show some of the pictures from hope groups? This is all the adult hope groups. Look at that. Oh, my God. Look how beautiful y'all are. Y'all look so good. Oh, dang. Oh, okay. Shout out to all these people showing up to a hope group. Some hope groups, they provide food. Uh Uh-oh, watch out. You don't just leave with spiritual food. You leave with foo-foo. You know what I'm saying? Foo-foo. So those are some steps for you to get planted and rooted in the presence and the house of God. How else do we grow in God? We grow in God's word. We grow vertically. My last idea is this. We grow when God is first. First. If anybody deserves to be first in my life, it's Jesus. If anybody needs that spot, it's, it's God. We grow when God is first. I remember going into uh, an escape room. Has anyone ever been to an escape room? I feel like I'm in like a uh, TV game show when I'm in those things. I'm like, where's the camera? No camera. And what's really awesome is that you have to go with people who've gone before. <laughs> if you go with people who've never gone before, you'll break things. <laughs> is this is this a clue on here? Like. You hear the guy in the intercoms like, get off the desk. <laughs> You're going to have to pay for that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, dang. If you ever go in an escape room, I mean, they give you like an hour to solve riddles, get clues. Some, some, some escape rooms lead to like seven different rooms. Like, it's insane. But here's the key. Like, you got to go with people who know so that you have the best experience. You got to go with people who know 
so that you can have the most fun. Because if not, it's just frustrating. I remember uh, my wife and I, we went with a couple here. And, man, it was just so much fun. We, for some clues, we just watched them. We was like, <laughs> it's like we got to put them on the ABC order. We got to do vertically down. Here we go. I'm like, let's do it. Why do, we, why, do we, why do they have to go first? Why? Because they know it all. You see, you and I sometimes, we go first in life. And we get caught up in a mess. And then we go back to God to co- become first again. So we say, hey, God, I need you to be first again. He's like, if I was first the whole time, you'd probably be through eight doors I had for you. But because I'm not first, it falls out of balance. You weren't created to be first you created to be second. And you and I are challenged with that as we grow in God. It's to have him first in everything. Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 to 3. Come on, we're going to Old Testament. What God is saying, he says, I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. What a word right there. I am the Lord your God. Who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery? He's talking to his people. That's why it's called the book of Exodus, because this is God's people exiting out of Egypt, captivity, slavery, bondage. I rescued you, he's saying. I'm the Lord your God, and I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And then he goes, you shall not have other gods before me. Lowercase g's. We call that a baby gangster. You got uppercase G's, that's God the Father. And you got some lowercase G's. What's a lowercase God? Whatever you worship. Whatever you, the Bible says in the end days, this is how you know I'm coming back, Jesus says. People will be so self-absorbed. And sometimes we can confuse having like a certain perspective of ourselves versus worshiping ourselves. Sometimes you and I can make the best decision for us and cover that up as actually self-worship. Some of us worship the TV. The news, they they gave this, they they gave this, that your average American looks at eight screens a day. Eight screens, laptop, phone, TV, or work in the office, there's a TV, uh, there's one in your car now. There's just eight screens we look at a day. Some of us worship content. Some of us, sometimes you and I, we we worship things that don't deserve our attention. Sometimes we we put our focus on things that don't deserve our focus. And God is saying, listen, I am, put that verse back up, Exodus, I am the Lord your God. I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you out of slavery. And now your response is this, put me first. No other gods before me. It sounds simple, but sometimes it's really hard. Because you and I can think that this life is over and then that's it. No, there's an eternity after this. But some of us will just continue putting God first. Or some of us will regret that we didn't. And I'm not here to guilt trip you. I'm here to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That if you hear it and receive it, none shall perish. But as we walk, let's put God first in your life. 
I love this. That verse, what is, he, what is God trying to say? Nice idea. Who he is, right? I'm the Lord your God. What he's done, I took you out of slavery. And what he wants, have no other God before me. That's how we grow, when we know who he is. I pray that when you're confronted with an issue that's bigger than you, you remind yourself who your God is. You remind yourself what he's already done, and then you can have a perspective on what he wants from you in this scenario. Who he is, what he's done, and what he wants. I mean, isn't that theology, the study of God, to understand who he is, what he's done, and what he expects from us? You see, that's why we give, like, it always gets weird in church sometimes that people who don't, like, grow up in the Lord or, or, like, they're just probably not too informed on this area of giving. Like, do you know why Christians tithe, right? Tithe is a tenth of everything you earn. And I heard a theologian yesterday say, I don't believe Christians should tithe. I think they should give a lot more than 10%. But if you're starting, go ahead and start tithing. Do you know why we do that? Here's why. Here's why. And I tell you, when you tithe, I promise, you are light in darkness. Because this is why we tithe. This is why we do it. Because you know what money represents for you and for your family and for everyone around you? Security. Should I say security? Money represents safety. I remember a, a rich man I know once told me that sometimes I look at my bank account and I just look at it. I'm like, ooh, I feel good. Security, safety, sometimes money for us means longevity. Without money, we don't see far. With money, we're like, oh, man, I, I'm good. I, we, we're set. For a lot of people, you know what money represents? Survival. Security, safety, longevity, survival. You can see why people love money. Why people worship money. Why people live for God but live for money. And God's like, yo, give me 10% of that or more, whatever I'm leading you to do, depending on your love for this thing. Because where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I am your treasure. I am your Lord. I promise you, if you get into the discipline of giving, you'll live a lot more peaceful. Because every day you're putting your security in God. Every day you're putting your safety back to the Lord. Every day you're putting your survival. I don't survive on money. God gave me this money. God gave me my survival. He, everything I have is a gift. Therefore, I must be obedient and give God what deserves, what he deserves. Who he is, what he's done, and what he wants. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We're going to close out. I want to read one more time Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 10, the foundation of today's message. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Here's the reality of this series, bro. Listen, growth, like church, like, come on, no more church games. Sometimes growth is easy to fake. Am I right? Sometimes you and I, we hide behind success. Because success is happening, we can almost not grow in a season of success. Because we're doing well, because everything's okay. And we're still stagnant. 
Sometimes you and I, there's another one, we hide behind tragedy. A tragedy comes our way, we don't grow. We just hide behind it and stay stagnant. Sometimes you and I hide behind success. Sometimes you and I hide behind a tragedy. Sometimes you and I, we hide behind a label. Listen, those places are safe for you, but they're unsafe for your growth. Success, a tragedy, a label. It's easy, especially in the church, to hide behind those things. To hide behind them. And here, I love how like roots, they're underground. It's hard to talk about roots. You just got to be rooted. It's hard to talk about us being planted in the church and long enough that got to do stuff and, and, and like rooted in the word and rooted in relationships. Why is it tough? Because you don't see roots. But you know what you do see? You see fruit. You see fruit, you can't argue fruit. We can talk all day about roots, right? Because no one can see it. But what you can't deny is when fruit comes out of that tree. I'm talking about the fruits of the spirit. Come on, somebody. Anybody here believe in the fruits of the spirit? That the spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit. See, Jesus talks to the Holy Spirit. And I love on Colossians, it literally hits it. The understanding that the spirit gives. Listen, a Christian without the Holy Spirit is a boat without winds. A Christian without the Holy Spirit is a car without gas. You've maybe grown up in a movement that said, Father God on Sunday. Probably said, Jesus Christ on Monday. When on Wednesday they go, Holy Spirit. Now we don't talk about that on here. What? He's the action plan of God. Look what Jesus says in John 14, 26. Jesus is like, yo, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, advocate is another word for helper. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you some things. No, teach you everything and remind you all that I have said to you. A Christian without the Holy Spirit is a bike without the chain. You remember getting caught up with your chain? You remember? Just walking with a bike. What happened? My chain broke. Everyone became mechanics, right? When our chains popped off. Anybody had a chain pop off their bike once? I mean, it's just some of us are experts. Some of us we're still working on it, right? We're just like ah. And we've got a beautiful bike. Oh, I remember my first bike, a mongoose. It's mustard yellow. Thick tires for on-road and off-road. You can't mess with me. I'll take the long way home just because. I got my mongoose. Had the pegs in front and back. Someone chilling on the front, someone chilling on the back. We out. Going everywhere except the skate park, right? I wasn't ready for that. Remember your first bike? Your first scooter? Your first skateboard? I mean, the first, like, type of vehicle you can ever move. I remember being on my bike, having so much fun. Just having, I mean, like, the wind going through my face. I mean, like, come on, how fast can I go? Don't ever try this. I'm not encouraging this. I, I once attached my arm to my friend's car. 
Yeah. He lets go. It was going so fast. I couldn't even put my feet on the pedals. I had to, like, do one of these, you know, like. Man, bikes are fast. That's so cool. But without the chain, you're walking your bike. Just walking around with a bike. Bro, you're supposed to be moving way faster. I know, I know. I just know how to fix the chain. I know, I know. It's just my chain fell off. You see, a person with the chain off a bike is a Christian without the Holy Spirit. You're showing off Christianity. Oh, look at this bike. We're going to heaven. Woo. We saved. Woohoo! But you're not going anywhere. Jesus is not a get out of hell free card. Jesus is how you actually become human with his spirit to help you. He's the helper, the comforter. Oh, pastor, I need you to pray for me because I'm just going through a season without any comfort. Do you know who the spirit is? He's the comforter. I just, I need like all the church leaders to come together and like pray for healing. We believe in that. But you have the very real Holy Spirit in you that you can walk around and say healing right here. Oh, gosh, we believe in the Holy Spirit in this place. Come on, it's, it's, it's everything we need. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the advocate. He's going to make this book make sense. There's more, and I love Pastor, what he said last week. There's more to Christianity than just praying for forgiveness. If you're tired of praying for forgiveness, start praying for the Holy Spirit to come inside of your life, to come inside of your heart, and to speak to you when to move away. You see, the Holy Spirit moves you away from sin. The Holy Spirit also moves you away from situations that will lead to sin. Oh, can I preach? The Holy Spirit says, oh, I can't even walk in through that door. Because if I walk in through that door, that's going to lead to that. That's going to lead to that. That's going to lead to that. And now I fell. But the Holy Spirit who sees all things, knows all things, is in you. And he helps us to grow. He helps us to take word and live it out. And live it out. Grow in God. We grow through the word. We grow vertically, planted and rooted, and we grow when God is first in our lives. If you receive the word of the Lord, can you give praise to God this morning? Come on, can you give him praise? Thank you, Jesus.